Ava Hartling. Welcome to the Brand is Female podcast. Every week, I speak with women changemakers and founders who are redefining the rules of female leadership. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Women in Enterprise. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through their educational workshops, financing, and mentorship. Visit thebrandiesfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. This episode of The Brand is Female is brought to you by the University of Toronto and Rotman School of Management's one-year executive MBA program. In only 13 months, you can earn your MBA outside of regular working hours, which means you can keep succeeding in the workplace while directly applying your new skills for immediate impact. With more people coming back to the office, now's a great time to stand out at your place of work with impressive business acumen, leadership, and strategic skills. The Rotman School is committed to gender equity and is supportive in their aim to elevate female leaders. You won't be on your own. Executive MBA participants benefit from Rotman's excellent reputation, top faculty, and a strong network for life. They also get best-in-class leadership development and career services, including career support after graduation. Apply now to start in fall 2022 for your chance to be selected for a generous merit-based entrance award. Visit the website to find out about the program and sign up for a webinar to learn more. Visit www.rotmanemba.com. That's R-O-T-M-A-N-E-M-B-A.com. This week, my guest is Joella Hogan, owner and operator of Yukon Soaps Company. Joella comes from a long line of strong, vibrant, indigenous women. Her matriarchs are teachers, healers, bushwomen, social advocates, and cultural leaders. She credits them for knowing how to make things happen. Through her line of handcrafted soaps, she works to embody elements of each of the special talents shared by her family and community. Through her work with Yukon Soaps Company, she is reconnecting with her community, elders, land and language, and she uses local plants in her formulations, in addition to employing local youth. Here is our conversation. Jola, it's a pleasure welcoming you on The Brand is Female today. I'm so glad we could find time to chat. Thank you for joining me. Absolutely. It's great to be here. I like to start these conversations by uh, asking you to uh, rewind, go back in time a little bit. And growing up, what did you imagine you'd be doing as a career later in life? Yeah, for sure. And maybe I'll just start um, in my culture, reintroduce ourselves in our language. Mm-hmm. So, Iji Joella Uji, Meo Keji, Ine Don Hogan, Ite Doug Hogan, Itsua El Rear, Itsincho Big Maisie, and Ellen Prophet. And so, just, you know, it's important for us to always say where we come from. Um, and, and who we come from. And so acknowledging the land and the ancestors up here in the Yukon. Um, Thank you for that. Yeah, of course. And so my background, like academic background, is actually in environmental science and community planning. And so in a way, you can say it's really far from that what I'm doing now is so far from what I kind of started off when mm-hmm. I was young. But on the other hand, there's such Mm -hmm. a natural linkage because what I envisioned then was creating better places for, for, you know, for my community and for our people. And so now I'm just doing that um, in a different way, I guess, right? Using um, a small business Mm -hmm. to help, you know, support people 
um, and have those connections to the land. So it's, 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 it's all connected, but I definitely never saw myself being an entrepreneur and I certainly never saw myself making handcrafted soap. That was the furthest thing from my mind. <laughs> so let's talk about how you got there, basically. Um, how long have you had the business and where did the idea come from to start Yukon, so Yukon Soaps? Yeah, for sure. So I think I kind of took a little bit um, different path than other people. You know, most people start with a craft, a passion, a hobby, and then, you know, see how they can make money and turn it into a business that way. I came at it from mm -hmm. a totally different way, whereas I was like, I want to make money. How can I make money? What can I do for a side hustle? And so I started looking at these other options Um Or, you know, what, what was out there? Where were there gaps? What could I do? Um, and it was just funny because I had used this product, um, these soaps, for a long time. They had been owned, you know, the business had been in the Yukon for a long time. And I thought, well, this mm -hmm. is interesting because I already use this product you know, and I know that people are really into eco-friendly products and, and trying to do better and paying attention to ingredients. And I thought there is something here, but I also saw the opportunity to link it back to culture because at the time I was, mm -hmm. even though I'd never made soap, I was always interested in like plant medicine and how we can use that as, you know, alternative medicine, but also interested in essential oils, you know, like that kind of hippie side of me, I guess, too, was into essential oils and natural things. And I thought this is a way to, to blend all of that. But I totally, absolutely thought that it would just be this little side business while I still had my career and I'd be making soap, you know, once a month and selling at markets here and there. I had no idea that I would be where I am today when I bought the business. It was mm. not a part, it was not a goal I had. It was not a vision or anything that I had. It was at the time it was just, you know, to, to make soap and make a little bit of extra money. Mm. So you, you became an entrepreneur basically. And I'm curious to ask you, and when I ask a question, you know, what did you dream of doing later in life when, when you were young, often, you know, guests will answer by saying, you know, they had, they already had a, a, a kind of an inclination, you know, towards owning their own business or, you know, running, uh, kind of starting their own thing. Uh, in your case, you know, did you have inspiration around you? Were there maybe women role models or entrepreneurs around you that were, uh, you know, a, a source of inspiration or a reference in, in this process of becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah, you know, so the little town I live in is only 400 people. But it is mm -hmm. incredibly artistic. There are so many women here who um, also, you know, will make traditional moccasins, traditional clothing and garments and indigenous earrings, you know, and can make a lot of money doing that. So even though they might not be, you know, official businesses, there are certainly... Um, an entrepreneurial spirit in there connected to culture and creativity. So I was always surrounded by that. Um, and I can do those things too, but I didn't see myself, you know, making money off that. Um, but mm -hmm. I did see it with, with soap, I guess. Right. And so, yeah, being surrounded by elders and women of all ages um, doing that. And then also, you know, my, dad who passed away last year he uh was an entrepreneur too so I very much grew up with the entrepreneur 
family. And I, and I think when I was younger, I actually thought, well, I'm not going to do that because that's what's in my family. You know, I want, I want to do something different, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but funny how it comes, it comes around, I guess. Right. (laughs) And what would you say is something, because in your case, you uh, basically acquired a company that, you know, was already created, was already there. Were there any challenges, obstacles to overcome that maybe you hadn't, you weren't expecting in your first, you know, few years of running a business? Yeah, I mean, uh, full full disclosure, I knew nothing about making soap, and I certainly knew nothing about the day to day of running a business. And so I had to learn mm-hmm. both super quickly, in addition to still, you know, maintaining my my other job. And so a lot of late nights trying to figure out, you know, what bookkeeping software am I using? And how much am I charging? And mm-hmm. when do I raise my prices? But also in the north, just the logistics of having a small manufacturing business. Um, so mm-hmm. having to you know, import into the Yukon all of the raw ingredients, creating this product. And I mean, so much of my customer base is in the Yukon, but now I also ship globally. And so having to ship that out. And so absolutely shipping and logistics is a huge barrier that I'm continually, you know, researching and trying to find um, better ways to do that so that my customers have access to it and you know the overall cost is is less because shipping is it can take a while and um, mm-hmm. and is expensive and so I know that that is a barrier for people in addition to the cost of my product and the shipping on top of that and unfortunately it's not a cost that I can absorb up here because it's so much but what I try to do also is um, use that as an opportunity to raise awareness about what it's like to live in the north and why things are so expensive why it's a challenge mm-hmm. you know if it's if it's that hard for people in the south to get their soap imagine what it's like for us up here to get access to mm-hmm. fresh vegetables to medication and all of that it's it's the same distance it's just going the other way and so using it as an opportunity and then people totally get it they're like wow okay we get it we know your stuff is worth it and so when i explain the story about where we live and how we live then people are willing to make the investment. But so, you know, that was a challenge that I had to look at how, what are the different ways that I can solve this, I guess. Mm. And have you seen a shift? I mean, there's, you know, there's a global supply chain issue, as we know, and, you know, triggered by the pandemic and, and a number of factors related to it. Has that affected your business as well? Have you seen kind of new challenges in that regard? And, you know, in addition to challenges that were already uh, existing because of your geographical location? Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like I'll just think, okay, that that hurdle is over. That supply chain is issue. Now we can, get, you know, get back to normal. And then, boom, it's something else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, before Christmas, it was essential oils the shipping containers were you know in the harbor in Vancouver kind of thing and not being able to come to shore and so had to delay people get it because we were seeing it worldwide and so that was the you know unfortunate that was affecting everyone but also then people get it I guess right it wasn't just me not not being on top of it um but Mm -hmm. what I have started to do um is buy in bigger quantities when I 
have the finances to do that so that there might not right. be those those gaps but i certainly you know haven't always had the financial means to be able to do that or the location to store that much raw goods as a small business i don't have you know a massive warehouse to store pallets of raw materials in case i in case i run out and so you know a bunch of factors mm-hmm. there too but um you know it I carry a bunch of different products. And so if I'm not able to create one, then I try and promote another one or offer alternatives. But I think the other thing, Eva, is that when you have a natural product like this that is totally dependent on plant materials, I talk about that a lot too, right? That I harvest sustainably. It means that I don't always have every single product available year round because it's cyclical. And so Mm -hmm. the bigger supply chain issues also, you know, I can reflect back on kind of our local supply chain issues and in trying to be a sustainable product brand too. So um, it, it, it does impact for sure. But you know, we are adaptive and creative and, and keep moving on. Mm, wonderful. And yeah, those are real attributes of most entrepreneurs or we, you know, we, we have no other option basically. And that was going to be my next question. How has your, you know, has your life changed now that you're running your own business and you're, um, you know, you're at, you're at the head of a company and, and what kind of responsibility comes with that in your mind? Oh my goodness. So, so much. I think the, <laughs> the, the first thing that came to my mind is I actually really feel, um, a responsibility right now in my community as a leader and mm-hmm. a role model. I know that a lot of people in my community, um, especially young women, but others as well, um, really see um, the change um, or the changes, I guess, that I have been able to make in our community by directly investing in the community. I just built a building, you know, invested in that. Um, whereas people don't normally invest in our community. Yeah, it was huge. And it's still um, surreal and really overwhelming, actually. But people are so incredibly proud that I was able to do that. And some days I don't know how I did it either. Um, but I, so I, I see a responsibility to continue to um, lead the way sometimes, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But what I also try to share, and you will know this too, is like the very real challenges of being an entrepreneur. Like right now, it's like 18-hour days trying to wrap up this building, trying to keep production going, trying to keep employees paid when sales are low, all of these things. And I am very open and honest and talk about that, right? Like, yes, we just celebrated a huge milestone, but there were also many days of tears, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. um, those challenges are there or, um, you know, one of the things that I try and talk about too, is like, yes, it's so great. I can create my own schedule being self-employed, but that is also hard. It's sometimes it's so easy to check emails in the evening or work on weekends yeah. or that kind of thing that creating mm-hmm. those like personal boundaries is also so important, but it takes learning and discipline to be able to do mm-hmm. that. Um, and mm-hmm. I think the last thing I'll just say is like, um, because I've said it so many times the past few weeks is there are certainly days where I wish, um, someone would just tell me what to do 
but it yeah. gets exhausting being the one telling everyone else what to do or um, mm. trying to figure it out myself. It's like, can someone please just tell me how I get through this? Help me navigate because I can't, I, I can't get through. And I'm so lucky to have an incredible support team and, and mentors and, and that kind of thing to be able to help. But some days, you know, you long for a, a, a previous job or career where you were told everything what you were doing. This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Women in Enterprise, and they're about confidently building you. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. It takes sound advice plus guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. What's great about TD services for women in business is their collaborative approach. TD can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. TD Women in Enterprise has banking specialists who are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance to give to women in business. This episode of The Brand is Female is brought to you by the University of Toronto and Rotman School of Management's one-year executive MBA. With people coming back to the office, now is a great time to deepen your business acumen, leadership, and strategic skills while you continue in your job. To find out more about the 13-month program, sign up for the online Fireside Chat series featuring female graduates on May 12th and June 2nd. Visit the website to learn more about the program and sign up for the chats, rotmanemba.com. That's R-O-T-M-A-N-E-M-B-A.com. And what would be your advice um, to, you know, somebody, maybe a, a woman who's thinking of starting a business in a, in a similar industry, uh, what kind of tips would you have for her? based on, on your own experience? Yeah, great question. I mean, I think one of the first things is build build your support system that at the end of the day when you're mm-hmm. tired and exhausted, and so whether that's your partner, your sister, your friends, um, mentors, make sure you you have that because you cannot expect to to know or or do it all. And so building up mm-hmm. that that team and I was fortunate, you know, I I learned a lot at the beginning um, that I wasn't going to like build a team of other soap makers. I wanted to build a team of of mentors and advisors who were from totally different fields who could give Mm. expertise, I guess. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the other thing that I see is, you know, the role that social media plays and um, really, you know, using social media for good, but not getting sucked into like the imposter syndrome part of it. And Mm -hmm. that that can really bring you down. And so when I first started, you know, I was on Instagram and I was following all these other soap makers and I was like, oh, I should be making a chai soap. I should be making pumpkin spice, you know, Mm -hmm. all of these kind of trends. And I thought, what? I'm from the Yukon. I should be leading the way on like indigenous focused from the land very Mm -hmm. Yukon authentic things that I don't need to be following those other trends that I'm seeing and really that has been Mm -hmm. that has been a success but it's so easy with social media to fall into these traps and see what other people are doing so you know whether it's stay in your own lane or stay focused whatever kind of like term but I think when you create your business really stay true to like 
what your brand is, but also your values. Like that is really as mm-hmm. a like social impact business, really, really important for me to stay true to what my values are and the values of Northerners and not to compromise that. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that is the, the, la- the less fun part really is finances that, that, you know, we all have, I think like there's the term of like trauma of money and issues of money and, and it mm. seems like the less fun part, but if you are going to be a business and and take it to the next level, you need to be on top of your numbers and and, and know where they are. It's so important. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think women entrepreneurs sometimes underestimate the importance of that. Absolutely. And it, it can be solved by getting the right experts to help us or, you know, getting the right advice in, in that department. Um, what's ahead for Yukon Soaps? What is something that you're working towards or what's on the agenda for 2022? Yeah. So last week, I think it was on, um, April 8th, we celebrated the grand opening of our building, which is, you know, a new workshop space. Congratulations. Thank you. So that is huge. We haven't moved in yet, but that will be happening in the next few weeks. And so part of that, or the, you know, the main purpose of course, was to how to be able to increase production, to be able to meet demand. And so really looking Mm. forward to taking our production to the next level, but also creating, um, you know, a safe space in our community where people can, um, connect to culture, connect to business, make money, um, gain gain skills and confidence. So that's what I am all about. And the bigger vision is, you know, we have started to look at exporting outside of Canada, increasing wholesale, um, a bunch of these bigger kind of partnerships happening. And we get a lot of... Um, there's so much interest in in Canada's north and in indigenous indigenous made products. So so many opportunities, and so trying to grow our brand um, and our business at at a scale that works for us. So sometimes that means saying no, of course, too. But uh, we have some big things happening, and it's so exciting. Mm, that is exciting. And uh, well, we talked about what's on the agenda for the business and from a personal standpoint, what are things that you're hoping to accomplish, maybe do more of or less of, uh, you know, as a woman entrepreneur? Yeah, I think for me, I would like to train people in my team to step up more and be able to take on mm-hmm. more leader- leadership roles throughout the business that I never see it as Joella's business. I see it as the community's business. And so bringing people along with me in the growth and in the leadership part of it so that, you know, the, the selfish side is so that I don't have to be here all the time, of course. Right. Um, so that I can work on other, other projects and, or spend time with my own family and that kind of thing. But I think, um, We'll see, you know, people ask what, what what's next after the soap business is stable. And I guess I'll have to decide whether I continue to grow the soap business, you know, a bigger warehouse, increased production, or do I look at an, like taking my model that I've developed and applying it to, you know, another product or another service that, that could help more people. Um, 
So I'm not quite mm. sure yet. We'll see. You know, I kind of just need to get moved into this building and and get that running. So also part of it is um, in the building, there's three apartments. And so I never also imagined myself owning a building or being like a property manager and a renter, developer, mm. that kind of thing. So I have a lot to learn there. So it's two long-term rental apartments, but also short-term, like an Airbnb kind of style thing. So a lot, a lot of learning and I'm sure kinks, kinks to work out. Um, but it's just about providing, you know, m- providing services that my little community needs, mm-hmm. filling in some of those gaps and, and growing kind of the skills and capacity of our community. That's amazing and and so exciting. Um, And it connects to something I wanted to ask you about. Do you or how do you try to inspire and, uh, you know, yourself act as a role model to other women entrepreneurs or other women in your community and beyond? Because I think your story is inspiring to so many entrepreneurs. Um, Is that something that is, you know, that you try to do consciously? And what kind of, you know, what kind of steps do you take if, if this is something that you do put in action? Yeah, I really try to always talk about. So let's say I have like a young woman from high school, right? Well, she doesn't just come and like work in her little corner putting on stickers. I really try to talk about everything that I'm up to with the business so that they know, they see the value of their job and how it fits into the bigger picture. So, you know, when my products are mentioned in Cosmopolitan magazine, we all celebrate Mm -hmm. because it wouldn't happen without everybody. And all of these young people that are working with me, um, you know, love that kind of thing, right? And that we are continually celebrating every achievement. It's never just my achievement. It's all of our achievements. And so trying to do that, I mean, people... Yeah, it's 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 a, f- a funny thing to see or to acknowledge, I guess, right? But that people are looking to me for guidance and how to do that. And I get, I mean, even yesterday, someone, a young woman who's starting her own business is like, hey, what bank do you use? What has helped you? What's been the best? You know, those kinds of little things to, I don't know how much to charge for this. How do I figure out what to charge? Those kinds of questions, always so happy because it means people mm-hmm. are they're trying to be an entrepreneur they're trying to start their business and they need Mm -hmm. they they need people to ask and if I can help young people in my community to do that is so huge because I really see you know entrepreneurship um how much it's changed my life and I want that to happen for other people and I really see yeah entrepreneurship small business as you know a a pathway to creating better communities and, and better lifestyles for our people Mm, that's wonderful to hear. And what are things that you need in, you know, your everyday life? And I think the the concept of work-life balance is probably a myth, but, you know, there are things we need to do that make us stay grounded and, you know, stay in the present moment. So w- what is part of that routine for you? Absolutely. It's about getting back to the land. And so, Right now, even with this building and everything, this is the time when we are out ice fishing. And so I'll be going out to a big frozen river with some friends and family (laughs) and spending my day fishing through a hole in the ice. Um, 
you know, and in the sunshine because we've been living in the dark for so long up here. Um, and that is important, just stepping away. And even, you know, right before this call, I was like, do I have time? Do I have time? It's like, I need to make the time because, you know, m- now more than ever, we need to be connecting with people again. And I really need to be on the land is that's where I am inspired for my mm-hmm. business. But it's also just, you know, getting out of the workshop, getting away from the computer, getting away from the phone and um, having that time with people and, and living our culture that we know we need to continue to, to live our culture if we're going to pass it on and, you know, continue to, to, to lead in a good way that I need that. And so it's about that. And the flip side is I really like to travel and I'm looking forward to being able to travel mm-hmm. outside of the Yukon and outside of Canada yeah. I, I, again, like everybody, of course. Again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it looks like we're getting there or so it seems. So hopefully that's, uh, that can be on in the books for 2022. So my favorite question to ask guests on the show, uh, which is, what do you wish women would do more of and less of? I wish we wouldn't beat ourselves up enough for not being enough or or doing enough. And I wish we um, loved ourselves more and that we cared for our bodies, mind and spirit so much more. Those, those two things are so, so huge. We don't, you know, we don't take care of ourselves enough and we don't love each other, love ourselves enough. Mm -hmm. Well, and in return, sometimes that makes us not love each other enough as well. So (laughs) it's a a full circle. Yeah. 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 No words, words of wisdom right there. Thank you for that. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing your journey with me and, and with our listeners. And we'll link the website for Yukon Soaps and all of your social handles. Um, is there anything else uh, before we close, anything that you'd like to share, anything we should know about new products or anything that's coming out or something about the company that you want our listeners to be aware of? Uh, sure. This spring, I launched a beautiful new um, line of soaps that honors, you know, the the grandmothers in our communities and is really about reviving the sacredness of cleansing and bathing. And so it is really a new soap line and essential oils that match with it that are grounded in culture, inspired by our people um, and our language and really, really excited to kind of elevate natural handcrafted soap to to a new level that honors our culture in a good way um and those are available on my website and you know are being featured in a bunch of different places right now which is exciting that is so exciting i love that concept very much looking forward to seeing that uh, come out that's great well thank you so much jolie it was a pleasure speaking with you today all the best for what's coming up and let's stay in touch i look forward to seeing where yukon soaps goes next Thank you so much. And thanks for, uh, glad we finally connected. Yes. Same here. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And if you did, as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give us a review wherever that is possible. Thank you to TD Women and Enterprise for their support of The Brand is Female. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. 
Thank you so much for listening to a podcast by The Brand is Female. I'm Ava Hartling, and this episode was produced by our team. Sound engineering by Isabel Morris. Research and production support, Claire Miglionico. Marketing and digital growth, Kayla Gillis. And partnerships, Natalie Hope. Yeah.